I would love a Beauty and the Beast parade mashup. Um, oh. Leo Bloom falls in love with Belle. <laughs> I was just thinking musically, a musical oh, mashup, yeah, like the music. True. That would be good. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your Community Boxing League's production of Billy Elliot Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can and you should also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on the gram and the twitters at theaternerdpod and the facebook at theaternerdpodcast the facebook i love it in today's episode we're discussing march musical madness suite 16 Joel. Okay. Let's do this. Sweet 16. Yeah, we're here. We're good. Yeah. We're unhinged as normal. So yeah, always welcome in the, back, everyone. Always, Happy Monday. Always Peter Pan. Why didn't we put Peter Pan in this? I don't know. March Madness. Who knows? That was probably um, on me in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> in the 90s. No, I think Peter Pan came before the 90s. Probably. I don't know. Well, I don't you, know. you know, tweeted us when Peter Pan the <laughs> came Tweet. out. Yeah. Although that new Peter Pan movie coming out does look dope. Like it's just got. It say. looks wild. Yeah. All right. But here we are. That's not what we're talking March. about today. March Madness just started. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Like the real yeah. NCAA March Madness. Yes, the and... real one. The, no, not the real one. We're the real one. They're the <laughs> fake <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. The, yeah. the 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 fake March Madness in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I will say that this is the most since I graduated college that I, well, that's not true. The year after I graduated college, my college basketball team ended up winning. Um, So I definitely was watching. But uh, this is the most I've been like kind of invested in March Madness since school. And the reason is that my work where we all filled out brackets at work and we put them in our hallway and it's very Uh, funny, but like the last... You know, we've played games for what? Did you, last, did you have them fill out musical March Madness? Brackets? No, I should have. They would yeah. have failed oh miserably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone would have, to be honest. No one would have expected we would have put like like 13 ahead <laughs> or like, yeah. Or <laughs> Matilda ahead of Bubba Morgan. I don't know. We're good. Hunchback above good. rent. <laughs> <laughs> that one is an upset. I'm sure. Yeah. 
But yeah. yeah, but my bracket, I don't know about you, Tay, but like my NCAA March Madness bracket is complete trash now. Yeah. The upsets I yeah. had were not the upsets that happened. The upsets I swore were not going to happen, like truly happened. And uh-huh. like, I'm just, it's terrible. I had someone going to the final four who's no longer in it. Thanks, yep. Princeton. Like, I just have <laughs> lots of Thanks, I can't um, believe they beat out number two seed Arizona. I just don't yeah. understand, but it's yeah. fine. Um, here's the thing is that I did make a bracket with my family. As I said, it, it was through an yeah, app. It's like know. a whole thing. And um, I, I, I did two of my siblings. And by that, I mean, both of my siblings. I only <laughs> have two siblings texted me the day before and was what like hey you know siblings. you know the you know the brackets due tomorrow and i was like uh yeah so literally at like 11 o'clock at night i filled out the bracket I and i this. had and i decided to do it by mascots love that this. i like love this yes. energy yes okay so there's actually mo- there's actually multiple articles written like choosing march madness by mascots and um i will say Towards the end, I just picked two teams that I actually like that were from Virginia because I was like, that's where oh. I live. I'm going to choose them. And um, my number one seed has already is already gone. <laughs> so I was going to say, who did you have in the final four? Do you remember? Um, this is the thing is that I don't let me pull up my app. Okay. My final four were... Virginia, Ooh. Providence, okay, and then Miami versus VCU, and then my final two were Virginia Ooh. versus VCU. Yikes! Both both of up. which are out. Both of which are out. So Miami could go all the way. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. So all of this to say is that um, I I also do want to say, listen, the world in general puts so much stock in sports. That we I don't agree. put in the arts. Eh, Not that March eh, Musical Madness eh. is like the end all be all. Listen, it no, should be. but I, I think but I like mean, yeah. Oscars ballots. I like at so many people were like, wait, the Oscars or the Tonys or just things that also support things like that. So I think it's interesting and it is a little bit different because one is like giving an actual award to people that have billions of dollars, and then the other one is like just people in college playing a sport. But, but I mean, I could argue also, like, when we think about, like, the Jimmy Awards or when we think about musical theater, like, there's just a lot around yeah. musical theater, especially and other art forms, where yeah. if we put the amount of money in televising or in showcasing or in supporting the arts as we did with our, you know, any kind of sport, any mm-hmm. major sport, I guess I should say, because I know there are yeah. some sports that are underrepresented. But, right, like, we would have a different vibe i think yeah and i mean high schools them. and colleges put so much more money into their sports For than sure. their arts programs so yeah i will will say that however it is fun There's i was no i was kind of like wah wah i'm already out but yeah uh, it's okay you know it's some insane statistic of like 0. 0.008 or like point yeah 0. 0.008 percent of people have a still have a perfect bracket yeah which is crazy because there were some crazy upsets anyway even right away i also want to talk about before we officially get into our mmm triple m march musical madness 
brackets. A lot of theater news this week. Oh like, my gosh, so, so much. much theater news. So I think the first thing we got to start with is, of course, the long, uh, highly anticipated Wicked movie is now pushed <laughs> up. <laughs> Why do you think they did that? I don't know what a, I, well, the only thing I can think of is that I think that next Avatar movie is supposed to come out in December. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think they didn't want to have any competition, obviously, because the, the second Avatar movie made a bajillion dollars. So yeah, fair. Um, I was a part of that because I did see yeah. it. Yeah, I did as well. Um, and also, I don't know, Wicked for, I think it should come out around Halloween because well, that's, so that's the, okay, this yeah, is, this is yeah. what I don't understand. Like, why yeah. couldn't you, if we were going to just yeah. move it up, move it up one more month, right? people will see it. It's like Halloween-esque. Also, it's mm-hmm. an anniversary or a tribute to when it yes. actually not Broadway. Like, there's just so many yeah. things where I'm like, this could be so, I, I just feel like the PR could be better, but whatever. I mean, I saw yeah. an interview with Cynthia Erivo recently uh-huh. saying that we like we were not ready. Like not that yeah. the show wasn't ready, but like the audience was not prepared. And this I think this is a direct quote for quote how the music will soar. Yeah. I don't know what that means. And what see, kind of she flying? will soar. <laughs> like, kind of I think it's the it? only thing is that we know these songs so well. I know. I'm really like, worried. That it's going to be hard to, like, are we going to be surprised by Defying Gravity? I guess the visuals we will. But yeah. I will say, but again. I don't know. Cynthia's amazing, so. Yeah, before recording, like, um, I went and saw Shazam 2, Fear of the Gods, highly recommend. The flying in that was amazing. Yeah. And it's the same. It's Oh, no, it's universal for Wicked. So I feel like flying in general has gotten better. So, but also yeah. she is going to have a broom. I don't know. <laughs> also, uh, who can forget the animal rights activist that is Alphaba? Which I did forget after we recorded and I went back and edited that episode. I was like, oh yeah, she does kind of like save the lion and she like wants Dr. Dilliman to it's not... still though but... just the way that yes, but that's not how I would I just picture Alphaba with like a picket sign trying to like save the polar bears or whatever. And I'm like uh, <laughs> she's at the local shelter. Yeah. 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 Okay, but that's bi- I mean big news. Um yeah. one month early we might have I mean, one I less guess, gray hair. I guess we'll like eat our turkey dinner and then go see Wicked. So oh, I mean not yeah. I might have to uh, there's like a holiday, I guess, thankfully that most yeah. people get the day after. So that's I, true. That will be helpful. We can we can me. go see it again. Yeah, midnight premiere. <laughs> <Honestly>, <laughs> Where I dress up. I will be back. And <laughs> yeah, my sister can be Linda. You can be uh, Alpha. This is amazing. It's a, it's a, yeah. Okay, good. Um, and then of course Leah Michelle joining the Ragtime reunion concert. You know yeah. what I found interesting about this is that they oh, didn't even say they didn't say who she's gonna be in it, did they? Well, and it's like, is it? It's a concert, so are they just going to sing the songs from Ragtime, and anyone's going to sing them? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like you mean it's like a karaoke, dating? like. <laughs> no, but you know, like, are they? Is it? It might not be that they're all one character. It might be that oh, right. like Leah sings these two songs. I mean, this wouldn't make sense, but yeah, it's possible. Well, I was like, she's possible. obviously not going to be like the girl that like the girl didn't have any songs, so. I don't know. Right. I would love her to be um, Evelyn Nesbitt. Is that the is that the uh, the 
the showgirl performer. I think that's who it is. But I'm gonna look up the crime of the night. century. Crime of the century. Yeah, so good. Yeah. She would be great at that. Um, we did get some while well, Rachel's looking that up. We did look get some Broadway openings. We got um Life of Pi, which I'm hearing is like absolutely incredible. See those visuals? Those pup the puppet what? of the tiger. Yeah. Um, which such a like what a what a thing that is like such like to take a movie that's so CGI heavy and so like visually like green screen, but and then to turn it into something that's like so only could be done on the like it's such a like only could be done on the stage and like taking it to like adding a puppet like it's just so cool it's just it looks so cool so good yeah like yeah. that's gonna sweep some of the visual effects Tonys for sure for sure. for sure and of course we're gonna get you know James Corden holding a giant tiger puppet at the Tony Awards or something like that so something ridiculous. Uh- <laughs> And uh, then, of course, uh, the beloved parade opened this week. Um, yeah, revival. Happy opening. Yes, looks unbelievable. And I, I think know. Well, I don't know. The revival category this year is kind of. Oh, insane. that's what to watch. I know for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the all the red carpet interviews. It was so good. And did you yeah. see the? I sent Taylor. I'll we'll link it also. But there, I think it was Playbill was doing interviews for opening night, and they asked mm-hmm. Jason Robert Brown what his favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, song from like his so fun his discography was, and they asked everyone, and you know everyone's like, oh my gosh, I forgot about Bridges of Madison County or whatever. They yeah. they just like would go on and on and on. One and person then, said thirteen. One person. There were two. two oh, two. Okay. 14. I thought it was But one. even then, that's – but yeah. my favorite is um, his own answer, Jason Robert Brown's answer at the end, and I won't spoil it because you should watch the end. It's <laughs> so, so funny. funny. It's so funny. <laughs> but, like, so they brilliant. keep panning back to him, and he's like, um, uh, yeah. that's hard. I don't want to answer that question. I'm just glad this show is getting the recognition that I yeah. should because I feel like it really didn't back in 98. No, for sure. When it opened, and I think it's finally having its like little renaissance. Um, some another exciting news about a show that's going to premiere in the fall: the final Stephen Sondheim musical, which was originally titled Square One, but is uh, called Here We Are. Will get a premiere in the fall. I'm just interested to see what it's going to be like. It's definitely how they'll premiere it. Yeah, and. The reading they had had a bunch of like Nathan Lane was in it, and I think Bernadette Peters was in it in the reading they had. So I wonder if how many stars will be in it, and then also just like the fact that this is it is a post post mortem post is that what they call it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's how you call it, but yeah. Yeah, like post death Sondheim, like the first show that we're seeing, obviously that he I wrote. It's so but, hard. Because, yeah. like, is this going to be a To Kill a Mockingbird, um, whatever the to next Ghost Head of Watchmen? Yeah. yeah. Is this going to be like that? Like, is, is, do we think, I mean, I know that there were readings for it, so it wasn't that Sondheim wasn't interested in staging it. But it's also, I mean, so much happens. And as you know, it from previews to opening night of a show, even, but so much yeah. happens in the, the pre-staging and pre-Broadway experience of a show. And so I wonder who will be kind of taking those 
hands, you know, hand yeah. hand alongside that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think like cast and director will also like make the make or break the show, of course. Yeah. Um, we did get when performances for Merrily Roll Along, Merrily We Roll Along, speaking of Sondheim, will pre- start in September, which is exciting. The 19th. Yeah. So great. I think it's going to sale next week. Oh, next week. This week yeah. or this week. Yeah. As this is recording, the 25th. I or no, yeah. next. So that would be next week. 23rd yeah. through 25th. Um, prepare to pay nine bajillion dollars. Yeah. Of course. This is the Taylor Harry. Swift concert. Yeah. Of <laughs> this is the Eras tour of Broadway right now. <laughs> Amazing. Because of course. Sweeney Todd is going. Tickets are yeah, going to like $500. So. Wow. That's things crazy. are insane. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, starring Harry Potter, Kristoff, and Rose from um, Dogfight. <laughs> Love that. Love What a that trio. Combination. They're so yeah. cute. Oh, I just. Yeah, I know. They just feel like they love each other, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And then we do have some somber, sad news, Broadway news. Of course, the Broadway production of Room, which already had the marquee up. Yeah, this is really insane. Yeah, uh, Room based on the book um, and the Oscar winning film Mm -hmm. has postponed indefinitely, like not coming back at all. Just so sad. Yeah. And I was really excited for this production. Yeah, and, and. It came out eventually later in the day after that announcement was because of mm-hmm. the director is not going to fulfill their contract. I thought it, I thought it was also a financial thing. I mean, what like it says is, thing. I mean, the the producer, one of the other producers, blamed um, fundraising. Yeah. But there, but then it came out that, that there was something about um, one of the partners was backing mm-hmm. out so i just yeah. i don't understand i don't understand how this happened so close to a right. show running yeah also yeah. like you've already paid all this money yeah. to you've already forfeited all this money you've already paid so i don't understand how how do you not run it for yeah. at least a little i know it's it's just crazy it. yeah and also they did have a broadway Tony Winner in the show. Yeah. Adrian, Adrian Warren, Warren, who yeah. is from the uh, Virginia Beach area, I believe. Yeah. She's so, also. Yeah. But like, what? Very, very, very crazy, sad. very sad, which means, unfortunately, this could probably happen again at some point. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure it has happened. Before. It's happened once or twice before, but yeah. it's still like yeah. insane. Yeah. It is crazy. Um, and then to end the news, which yeah. I think we found out, yeah, yesterday, uh, is that there's going to be a, a new U.S. tour of Shrek the Musical. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I know. I'm so, so excited. Good. When I saw that, I was like, um, I got to see that with Rachel. Even though we um, did yeah. pick Alphaba over Shrek last week on our March Musical Madness. It's hard. But... The green people, it's hard. I know it is hard. Yeah. So we, I just thought it would be fun to cover some of that That's current good. Broadway yeah, yeah. news. There's Lots of, of stuff happening. News. Yeah. Yeah. Buckle up. Happening. Tis the season Buckle of news. That's right. So All now right. we can get in. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're yeah. picking. We do. Our, we're moving from our Sweet 16 into yeah. the Elite Eight this week. That's right. Sweet Which 16. 
It is crazy. Yeah. We are, as Rachel and I said, bef- maybe we were recording. Who knows? We started before the actual March Madness, and we're going to end after the March Madness. So Yeah. You know, yeah. basketball games are quicker than musicals. That's right. Right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. Oh, also... So excited to be recording this on the day that I will be seeing Into the Woods at the Kennedy Center. Ah, so happy. Screams and cries and Sondheim. I know. I know. <laughs> so much Sondheim. So much Sondheim. I, I think it. we'll have like a huge wave of Sondheim and then we won't have it for another like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Where do you want to start this week? Also, we do have a Catherine on standby. Yeah. Last week, different... we didn't have to use the Catherine Lifeline. But maybe this week because but there we are some heavy this hitters. Week. Yes. Yeah. Um. Let's start in the two thousand in the yeah two thousands. Yeah. Let's do sure. it. <laughs> the early odds is the call or the odds. Yeah. Start. I think yeah. the the term odds is such a funny term to me. I don't yeah. know why. I it's feel so like funny. an astronaut or what is yeah. that? Um. Bubble guppies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I know that. There's a kid's show in there. Someone is an astronaut, and that's what makes me think of that. It's fine. Oh, my gosh. I've been watching a lot of Paw Patrol at work recently, and um, apparently there are mer puppies. Oh. And they go down into the ocean, and they talk (laughs) under the ocean. And I was like, I'm sorry, what is this? What is this? I thought this was like (laughs) Rescue Heroes, but with dogs. So remember Rescue Heroes? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Mm. Amazing. Okay. okay. We'll start out with our two. <laughs> wow. Couldn't be wildly. Couldn't be more different musicals. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I feel like some of these are even matches, but some of them not. Um, of course, we have Little Women, the Sutton Foster flop, really. I mean, it really was a flop. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sad. Very sad. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, the... It, 13 was also a flop. <laughs> Less of a flop, maybe. Yeah. This is much of a flop. Wait, wait. Let's look know. and see how many performances each had because. Okay, I love that. I got to look this up. Okay, so 13 opened at the Bernard Jacobs Theater on September 16, 2008, and officially closed October 5th, 2008. Holy crap. That is less than. Oh, no, no. Oh. It opened on October 8th. Okay. Started previews. I, I need to say this all over again. Hello. 13 The Musical opened on Broadway at the Bernard Jacobs Theater on officially opened on October 5th, 2008, and closed on January 4th, 2009, after Hi. 105 performances okay. and 22 previews. Okay. That's a lot of previews. Has, and it hasn't been on tour, right? Um... It has not been on tour. There have been a London production, a Mexico production, and a Brazil production. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the infamous Nickelodeon movie. Not really, <laughs> but Netflix the movie. Netflix movie, which yes. is good, and ha- Taylor hates on it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so that is 13, the musical. The Little yeah. Women, the musical, um, had 55 previews, opened at the Virginia Theater. That's a lot on- of previews. It is. I was thinking about that. Opened on the at the Virginia Theater on January twenty third, two thousand five, and closed May twenty second, two thousand five, with one hundred and thirty seven performances. Yay! 
And then so like it, 20 more performances, basically. Yeah, and then it did go on to have a 2005 U.S. tour. Um, wow. It had a Sydney run. It ran in Manchester in 2021. It ran in London. So, yeah, the 30-city U.S. tour in 2005 through 2006 was wild. That is wild. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's crazy. So I mean, they're very, e- again, very equal. They both didn't run for very long on Broadway. Although, yeah. interesting, technically, if you include the previews, Little Women obviously did one run much longer. Yeah, that's a um, lot of previews. 55 previews. It is a lot. And also for, like, like what were they story, workshopping? Also for, like, a story that has already been written. <laughs> like, no one was flying. There was no no fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I a guess no that attic show. was a big set. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm really trying to figure that out. <laughs> this will be something we'll have to ponder a whole episode on. For me, I mean, I think you probably know where I'm going with this. I mean, yeah. we I just really say it love... Yeah. Oh, you. We have the same. I mean, I think probably. Yeah. I know. I just know how much you love thirteen. So that's. Why. I love. Okay, I love thirteen. <laughs> as it beat out Mary Poppins and Legally Blonde, but I think I the time is done. Yeah. Okay. And cool. Little Women yeah. does need to yeah. move forward. Okay, we can say it on three. One, two, three. Little Women. Little Women. <laughs> women. Again. Women. Women. Yes, they're oh, little amazing. and they're women. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let me copy mm. this onto our bracket. We, once again, Little welcome women to going, being unhinged this month. Going morning. to the final four. Wow. Or final eight. I'm sorry. I was going to say the elite eight. eight. I was yeah, like, it's not going to the I'm final sorry. four. Little wo- well, it might. Oh, we don't yet. know. <laughs> little women there. going to the elite eight. Uh, if Little, little Women, women beat out whoever is the winner between Wicked and Next and Normal, we might need to reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, on. let's go on, of course, to the green girl herself, Alphaba Wicked. And then the uh, other uh, manic uh, depressive uh, <laughs> mom, <laughs> Next to Normal. Um, this is like a very hard pairing, too. Yeah. Let's, you know what I, mean, I was thinking the other day? Do we need to recap we... any of this for yeah. our audience? No. Wicked officially, uh, let me see. I mean, it's official premiere uh, on October 30th at the Gershwin Theater. Preview started on October 8th. So I'm guessing they probably had like 20 previews, 20 or 30, which is also a lot, but... Um, the currently, uh, oh, well, that was October 28th, 2019. So let me see. I think it's the fourth or fifth, fifth. Wicked is currently the fifth longest, but it's going to, it's going to surpass cats in like three months. Like not even. Yeah. Um, it is the fifth longest running show currently, um, at 7,452 performances, (laughs) which is crazy. Um, almost going to be Cats, which has 700, 485 performances. But surprise, so. you don't know what the fall 2023 might have in store. There might be a revival of Cats. We You're don't right. Know. You're right. Do they include revivals in the longest running? Yeah, why wouldn't they? It's the same thing. Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. No, yeah, I know. I get uh, uh, Lame is uh, six longest running, which is fun. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, obviously Next to Normal is not still on, but tell us, Rachel, what yeah. are the stats? What are the stats? So Next to Normal opened um, on Broadway in April 2009, um, mm. which is crazy. Uh, and yeah. once again, in 2010, that's when it r- ran, wow, won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. And it launched its tour, which I find very interesting, while the Broadway production was still running. I mean, mm. that makes sense for big shows like Wicked, but it's interesting that there was a U.S. national tour while the Broadway version yeah. of this show was still running. And it played 20 previews and 734 regular performances on Broadway and before it closed on January 16, 2011. That's a long run. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, 734 performances. It's interesting. I feel like a lot of shows in that ilk, in that similar construction, like Next to Normal, Fun Home, Dear Evan Hansen, yeah, are have ran for like three, four, like that amount of yeah, time. Yeah, that's three, four years, time. which is interesting. Has been interesting recently, at least. Um, I think that part of that's the business part. Yes, part for sure. Business. Yeah. Yeah. This is such oh. an. You know what I also was thinking about today in the shower is that we did put up <laughs> Swing Awakening and Extra Normal, and obviously, Extra Normal is like an incredible show. But Spring Awakening, we didn't even send on past the first round, which is like one of the no. most. I feel like I was thinking today, like one of the most underrated, amazing theater musicals. Like A I feel like awakening. people just it's Spring Awakening. I feel like people just don't know it, and like really need to like it's just such a important show and i think one that i mean obviously we're looking back on it now but one that we'll look back on and be like wow that show like really changed a lot of people i mean i think we knew it was changing people when it was on broadway i just think that i think it gets swept up under all these other things and i yeah you know one of not to talk about current musicals and confuse everyone but one of the things i have been in my tiktok deep dive about recently is Chuck why shucked the musical is actually going to surprise everyone at the tony awards for nominations right. at least and right. it was this one of the performers in shucked basically said i've never seen an audience need to laugh more and walk away feeling full just on laughter than yeah. when they enter in yeah. to this and i think that that's true i think First of all, we have times when we need that, but that that's what's hard both about Spring Awakening and Next to Normal mm-hmm. is that it takes a lot of you and for you out of you mm-hmm. in order to in order to like participate fully in that musical in a way in which um SpongeBob might not, even though yeah. quality musical. Yeah, I think also we can't not have the influence of COVID on our our yeah for current viewing, day, for sure our current sure. viewing um experience. like the way an audience experiences something yeah so i think like people just need to escape more than ever now and that's again yeah. why not to go back to into the woods but why into the woods did do so incredibly yeah. well yeah. is because there's so much escapism to into the woods but also um there is a lot of realness and truth in it but also kind of with a backdrop of escapism which i think is amazing yeah here's the thing about wicked versus next to normal to get back on this (laughs) wicked is obviously like this humongous mammoth 
transcendent, I would say, in some points of a show. Seven thousand yeah. over seven thousand performances. That's insane. Mm-hmm. It's also I I wonder. Well, maybe not. I'm I'm looking. I wonder if it's it's. I mean, Cats didn't. I don't think. But one of oh no, it did. One of the only shows in the top five that did not win Best Musical at the yeah. time. Yeah. Of the longest running shows, which is mm-hmm. crazy town. Crazy, crazy town. Crazy. Avenue Q ain't running this long. Like, <laughs> like, that's just crazy. Yeah. And I think obviously there's so much more to, the, um, it just became its own cultural phenomenon. Is really what yeah. happened. Yeah. Which we talked about in our deep dive, which is our episode two. If you guys haven't listened to it, it's so fun. It is fun. Um, Little baby theater nerds. But personally, true. Personally, Wicked as an overall, there are so many great moments in Wicked. But I think over, and I think I talked about this in the deep dive. Overall, as a show together, it's there are some weak moments in the show. And there are there is some weak stuff, and I just don't feel that about Next to Normal. I think Next to Normal cohesively as a piece of storytelling is stronger than Wicked. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I just think that at some point, also, music. This is a business. Yeah, like you can't knock the fact that how that commercially the successful yeah Wicked mm-hmm. is. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, but it is, I mean, even to try and sell a musical about someone that's going through manic depression is very difficult. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know who I'm picking. (laughs) I know who I'm picking. I like the saying it on three. Are we going to say it on three? Yeah. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Next Next to normal. normal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. The long pause. Yeah. There's not enough space on our bracket, but that'll be fine. We'll figure that That's out. Fine. Okay. It's all good. All right. all right. Should we go to the 90s or the 2010s? Let's do the 90s. The 90s. Okay. 30, 90, 30, 90, oh my gosh, 90. yes. So um, we have Assassins versus Falsettos. Oh my gosh. This is really difficult because this I is really off Broadway production also I because I cheated so you know right I I um this is really hard because I these are two shows that I really fell in love with randomly for me personally mm, and I yeah. just, they really just kind of fell into my like I just started watching videos and listening to them and then really fell in love with both of them this summer I was obsessed with that assassins album I think and then every time I'll go back and listen to it I'm like oh my gosh I just found a video on I think Paul Wontorek of of um broadway.com posted a video of Victor Garber singing the ballad of Booth when he was the original John Wilkes Booth and it is Mm. incredible Mm. it is amazing and I was like wow I knew Victor Garber was amazing obviously Annie but <laughs> he is so talented. Wow. I want to see. I'm sure. I mean, Aaron Tved played John Wilkes Booth in one of the productions. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've seen any of the. He he would be a very interesting John Wilkes Booth. I know. One... So I don't think I've seen any of the videos. I would have pit him more as a as the narrator. The one that Ethan Slater mm-hmm. played as mm-hmm. for his voice. Yeah. But Stephen Pascal, obviously, in the revival that happened. Incredible. It's just amazing one of the best voices of our time is steven pascal yeah 
Okay, yeah. so the off-Broadway version, which is what happened in the 90s, yeah. <laughs> ran to, as we said before in the 90s, ran to mixed reviews, and it ran for 73 performances. Oh, my gosh. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well... Uh, I did not know this. This is fun. Uh, Falsettos opened on Broadway at the John Golden Theater on April 29th, 1992, which is my birthday. (laughs) I love that. I know. And closed on June 27th, 1993, after 487 performances. Wow. Um, I do want to add this little tidbit that it had a budget of only $957,000. That's crazy. I know, which is apparently low for a Broadway stand. That's super low. Wow. It is kind of a minimal, like the, the set isn't that big and the, um, like there's not a big cat. It's not like ragtime or anything. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, original cast, of course, Michael Rupert, but Chip Zine and, or Zen and Carolee Camello, which is fun, who is, of course, making her. Broadway run right now in Bad Cinderella, right across the street from her original, you know, one of her original performances of Parade, um, playing Lucille, which is fun. They're right across the street from each other, which is fun. Very interesting. I honestly have no idea where to go with this. Do you, like... Yeah, I think I have a gut, my gut reaction, I have one. I, I, I think I really, really, really love... Uh, assassins and yeah but i think part of why i love assassins is potentially some of the staging and direction that happened in the more recent yeah um in the cast in the yeah in the cast obviously we know i love ethan slater so um he is married so i will i'll be fine and has a child um, (laughs) he has a dad respect um (laughs) But, Listen, we can love yeah. dads. It's okay. It's we can true. love dads. I just here. really, I just think he as a person is so underrated. Like he's so freaking talented. Yes. But when my experience of falsettos, like fully immersing into falsettos, was originally, I'm sure I know I had heard a few of the songs before because I can remember when I heard a few of them the first time, but I really experienced it. At the very beginning of the pandemic, when I was in New York, wishing I was at a Broadway show and feeling like Broadway is never going to be the same ever again, um, throwback to those times. And the Broadway HD was running like a promotional and like showing a few shows for free every week to keep everyone entertained and safe and mentally well. And I watched falsettos and I mm. sobbed my eyes out. Yeah. And the, yeah. although that is of course the, the production and the people in that cast as well, yes. but there was something about seeing that show staged um, that really helped me connect with the storyline. Yeah. It's a, I would say uh, another like very underrated show. It's and... trying to do a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Also. And it's very it's a it's it's we talked about it last week. It had a very interesting um interesting way to become a sh- it's it's two different shows put into yeah. one, which yeah. is very the first act and and I've heard people talk about this. The first act and the second act are very very different musically and very yeah. very different stylistically because they are 
made they were made in two different eras which they is were. insane yeah. which is so crazy it's so cool um but they both really still work well together and still tell a very cohesive story which i think yeah. is crazy and also two well a couple two other things that i'll point out is that um they both we both fell in love with these from revivals i would yeah. say which mm-hmm. is interesting um, mm-hmm. from not original cast and that's mm-hmm. obviously I think because we were not born for these <laughs> original productions either we were born or we were negative five or whatever <laughs> and so there's that but also um, the as far as to your point of watching it during COVID I fell in love with the show maybe a year or two before COVID but for you, it's interesting because the show, obviously, we talked about it last week, deals with the AIDS epidemic. And a lot yeah. of people made a lot of comparisons to the AIDS epidemic, mm. to COVID, as far mm. as just, like, the feelings and the feeling of, like, grief and the feeling of, like, kind of collective. We're all sharing this collective experience. And Falsetto speaks to a lot of that, but also to the grief aspect and yeah, I think I agree. I think also, too, if we, there's another Sondheim show that we'll get to on this, March Madness. And I think yeah. if even if I had to choose between those two, I think the other one is the more superior Sondheim show. Yeah. And so if we I are going to put a Sondheim show, not that we can play it like that, but if we are, I would rather yeah. choose the other one. So I do think That's Falsettos fair. does have to go. I on. have to go with Falsettos. Just yeah. I think that the... I think there's something ingenious about the creativity of Assassins that I think the moral what I am learning and how I feel about other people mm-hmm. in falsettos is part of my trajectory of moving. They both do stuff. kind of deal with morality though. If you of think course about they it, do. Of course they do. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Moving and, fam- and families in a way, like the family, yeah. you, the, the way that all that the assassins make. connect as a family. And then the way that falset that Marvin wants his family to stay together, even yeah. though he made a, conscious decision to kind of rip his family apart so yeah Yeah. so interesting yeah our next two 90s shows (laughs) are insane Uh, even just looking back beauty and the beast versus parade (laughs) oh man Uh, i did a really good job i would love a beauty and the beast parade mashup um oh leo bloom falls in love with Belle. I was just thinking musically, a musical oh, mashup, yeah, like the music. True. That would be good. True. Okay, well, I'll look up how long um, Beauty and the Beast ran. Oh, or yes. I'll look up how how long Hunchback ran Beauty and the Beast. Yes, Hunchback. Well, no, I'll do Parade. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We're not doing Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So, I'll start with Parade. Parade premiered on Broadway at the Vivian Beaumont Theater at Lincoln Center on December 17th, 1998, and closed, again, this is what I'm saying about underrated, closed February 28th, 1999, after 84 performances and 39 Uh, There are a lot of people that have said that this is one of their favorite shows of all time. I've seen many, many Mm. Broadway actors say that Parade is one of their favorite shows. Yeah. Um, Anna Kendrick being one of them. Anna Kendrick has said in multiple interviews that Parade is like one of her all-time favorite shows, which I think is amazing. That's amazing. Um, It does say here, which I think is fascinating, a number of critics felt the show took too many liberties in the use of racial slurs. Very fascinating. 
That's interesting. All right. Der Glockner von Notre Dame. Yep. Love it. Wait, this ran a long we, time because we talked about we it say, last week. Did we say that it was originally rehearsed in English and then retaught in German? Why? Why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like too <laughs> okay. complicated. Yeah. So the musical opened on June 5th, 1999 at in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and after totally 1.4 million people saw this show there, which is insane. Wow. It played over 1,200 performances and it closed June 2002. What? That's crazy. And yet we yeah. can't get it to be on Broadway over here? that's so crazy yeah i've got a lot of questions but anyway that's again again book written by james lapine (laughs) not the version you saw but um yeah the score is also incredible so incredible yeah i wonder if they did like the choir thing like the production we saw they have like a choir in the background yeah sure very interesting I almost okay. I wonder if there are clips of um the, the German production. We'll have to look online and see. I'm sure we can find them. Yes, I think I'm if sure we, we ask the internet, we <laughs> might receive. True. Send us some clips of von Glockner von von Doom. I don't Der know. Yeah. Glockner <laughs> yeah. von Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, glad this was a big hit in Berlin. Berlin needed a win, Wild. and they got it in 1999. And unfortunately, we did not get it. We did True. not get the win. Yeah, we did not get the W. Um, <laughs> okay. I love Hunchback of Notre Dame. Again, it's hard because we're judging the German a version that we didn't, that we didn't see. see. So yeah. I do wonder how much would differ. I don't, I'm sure it wasn't like completely different but you know why because people always there's a very big generalization but germany has people say german you know can be a little like tough and rough and like things like that and 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 hunchback is a dark story and i bet yeah. you that's why they they it, like they liked it maybe i don't know <laughs> it's like how the british never like to resolve the end of a movie and right. you're like cool everyone dies Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That's yeah. the French. But you know, like I mean. if this had ran in France where it's set, would this have done as well? Hmm. Probably. Yeah, I don't know probably. why we just can't get it together over here. I don't know. Who For knows? another time. Um, right. as much as I love that show, I think again we talked about it last week, like the the relevance of parade right now, yeah. obviously with the revival, the show. It's again having a renaissance. I think it's I think we have to go with parade. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hi. This is so so fun though. All right. 2010s or 80s? Oh, I forgot. I, only, I thought we only had one left, but then now we have two. <laughs> have oh two. my gosh. Let's go with 2010s. We'll end with the 80s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh my All right. gosh. <laughs> Looking at these shows. Wow. Okay. We have Matilda, the musical versus Newsies. Newsies. You want to start with Miss Matilda Wormwood. So um, it opened uh, in April, April, what? Yeah, April 11th, 2013, after previews in March. That's what happens. And uh, it closed in January 2017 after 1,555 performances. 1,155? 
1,555. Whoa, that's a lot. Which is actually a lot more than I thought. It then, of course, had a um, U.S. tour. See, this is what I'm saying. This makes more sense. When you reach a certain point, like it opened in 2013, and then in 2015, while it was still running on Broadway, it had a U.S. tour for two years, and then it had a tour... It has had multiple tours. It's played a lot of places, yes, as we it know. Yes, it has had multiple. So, 1,555 performances. Mm, Tell me about that. Newsies. Newsies, um, of course, opened at Paper Mill Playhouse before it went to Broadway. True. Um, but had a was supposed to have a limited engagement um, opening. It opened on March 29th, uh, 2012. It was supposed to play uh, only until August, and it, ex- of course, extended. Right. Um, and it, it extended by two years because it closed <laughs> August 24th, 2014, <laughs> after playing 1,004 performances. Wow. I know. Wow. Crazy. Huge, mm-hmm. huge hit for Disney. I think, it, honestly, I think it should still be on Broadway. I think it's one of the best Disney-produced shows. Yeah. Um, we may have talked about this in our Disney side dive. But um, <laughs> but the Broadway production cost about five million dollars to stage, and it recouped its initial investment of five million dollars in seven months. Like, how is that not still on Broadway? Wow. I don't understand. That's yeah. also a very cheap show to put. Like, Aladdin's got to cost more than five dollars, five million, five dollars, five million. <laughs> the other thing that I've seen recently is people saying. If you're giving a standing ovation before the first act is finished, how is it not still running on Broadway? And there are all yeah. these, I mean, I remember when I went to see it, people after I'm the King of New York, like just after a lot of different numbers would stand up and applaud. Yeah. And of course, this had a U.S. tour, but also is currently opening in London right now, which has a huge, like it's huge. It's huge right now in London. It's so big. Yeah. Can't wait. And it is the the Brits are not prepared. No, they're not. Not prepared for those newsies. Um, (laughs) It's the fastest of any Disney musical to on Broadway to turn a profit. Again, why isn't it still running? I don't know. I agree. I don't. There's a clear winner here for me, but yeah. Ready? Three, two, two, one, one. Newsies. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. Matilda, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's carry the banner to Matilda. <laughs> All right, tell us what's All up right. next, Taylor. This is. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! So okay. funny. We have dogfight. During uh, facing off. The number one seed. (laughs) I'm just kidding. kidding. The uh, Mammoth Behemoth uh, Hamilton, the musical. So um, Dogfight, as we have expressed before, never ran on Broadway. Um, It had a, I know, crying. R.I.P. It opened July 16th, 2012 off Broadway. And uh, a lot of great shows in 2012. Yeah, it ran until August 19th, 2012. Uh, it had 23 previews and 40 regular performances. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, Not that enough. Is crazy. No. Not enough. And they still got a cast recording out of it. Which and is- yeah, the cast recording was released the next April. Wow, so almost a year later. Mm-hmm. That's almost. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I know. Um, 
Of course we all know. <laughs> Hamilton premiered on Broadway at the Richard Rogers Theater on August 6th of 2015. Do people remember that the show opened in August? That's crazy. Yeah. It had a whole, almost a whole year before the Tony Awards. Yeah, that's that's Broadway. wild. That's actually yeah, that's pretty wild. crazy. Yeah. yeah pretty crazy. Um, it is currently, of course, on Broadway still at... It is the 26th longest running Broadway show at 200 and uh, 200. Oh my gosh, my brain. At 2,526 performances, Mm -hmm. Uh, it will beat Avenue Q, which is the 25th, in about 15 days. So, (laughs) yay, Hamilton. Yay. Um, this is hard because I really want this to be an upset, but like, also, I understand that Hamilton would clearly yeah. be dogfight in a musical battle, so I'll we will need to move it forward. I mean, I'm all it's 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 not easy though because they're both no, great shows, it's not. And I think part of what I'm have we talked, we definitely talked about this on underrated shows. Part of what yeah. is so compelling about underrated shows is just because people don't freaking give them credit. And when you just, I mean, when you just said how many performances Hamilton has had, like, it's still not on the top longest running. Like, and so to me, that's why people put so much stock in it. And I'm like, guys, it's not yet an industry standard. I mean, it is in so many ways has changed how we think about musical theater and engage a lot of different kinds of people in musical theater. And so I don't want to discredit that at all. But to say that it is the same as some of the other top running shows yet. I feel like mm-hmm. it's got to pay its dues a little and we forget. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cuz sure. it is a business. At the end of the day it is a business. Right. Show business. I do kind of feel the same way about personally and you may disagree with this about Wicked versus Next to Normal with yeah. this as far as the the overall show. I like Dogfight a lot, but I think there are some points of it that I don't absolutely love i love the show as a whole but i think there are some things that there are some songs and some stuff that i don't love but then hamilton for me as an overall show i think is just very cohesive and almost perfect i'm not going to say hamilton's perfect but i think it's like almost it's like almost there for me personally for me personally i think yeah and i wonder too if you, you know, we can only ponder what it would have been like if Dogfight had decided that it was going to adventure in For sure. Broadway. And like, what would we have changed between its off Broadway run and its Broadway run? Um, I and do definitely think... now, the, oh, now in 2012 versus 2023, there would be quite a few language changes and potential. I just don't know. Could we run this yeah. musical now? So it is very interesting because it's a subject that is not very online friendly i get it's like yeah it's almost can it's not cancer culturally cult you got Cancel you know what i'm saying culture. <laughs> yeah culturally like but the subject yeah. or, like the topic around it is like oh if that happened in real life everyone would get canceled like that's yeah. like it's horrible it's a horrible but somehow thing. we're on season nine bajillion of riverdale so true <laughs> which should have which is like now going back in time it. i don't understand i don't understand uh, um, the other thing I will say about Dogfight is that I think actually, as much as I love Dear Evan Hansen, I think actually Dogfight is a better show than Dear Evan. Not that we're talking about that, but as far as Pasek and Paul shows, I actually sometimes prefer listening to Dogfight than I do Dear Evan Hansen. Well, this soars above The Greatest Showman for me, so. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but Lyle Lyle Crocodile, way above all of them. I mean, peak. Peak. All right. Well, <laughs> so we know, is better than we know <laughs> that dog fight put up a good fight and Hamilton. Yep. It did. Will but don't actually do a dog fight, guys. Don't actually. the don't Elite do Eight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The 80s. The 80s. Some may say oh, the Lord, most no. best time of the musical theater. Yeah. Some yeah. may say. Some may say. I don't know who they are, but. The first pairing we have is Little Shop of Horrors versus Lamez. That's going to be super casual. So, Little Shop of Horrors, of course, we're doing the off Broadway version, which is, again, currently playing right now off Broadway. Um, had its world premiere off off Broadway, which was way off, uh, at the workshop of the Players Art Foundation, playing there on June sixth, nineteen eighty-two, and then it then premiered off Broadway at the Orpheum Theater on July twenty-seventh, nineteen eighty-two. It ran for five years off Broadway, wow. closing. On 19, uh, November 1st, 1987, after 2,209 performances. That's crazy. That is crazy. Crazy because also because the movie came out in 1986, and I feel like the movie made it an even bigger thing. Like, the, it was a, I feel like it was like a big thing for Broadway and theater in general, but then the movie kind of took it over as like a, as like a cultural juggernaut type of thing. Yeah. Um, that's in, it, that's just interesting to me. But yeah, huge, huge hit. I mean, running for five years off Broadway, that's crazy. And that's that also, a, of course, a Howard Ashman thing. He wanted, he didn't want it to go to Broadway. He wanted it to stay off Broadway. It was a very thing. And that's still even what it's doing now. I don't think it'll never transfer to Broadway, this production. It'll always stay off Broadway. That is crazy. So. Maybe arguably one of the biggest solo off-Broadway hits. It's so good. I mean, it's up there with Avenue Q. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I have never seen a production of Little Shop, so I need to get on that. Wow. I know. Okay. Les Mis on Broadway opened March 12th, 1987. (laughs) Uh, at the Broadway Theater until it moved in October 1990 to the Imperial Theater. Important facts. Mm. Um, it closed in 2003 after 6,680 performances. That is insane. Um, and it then had two revivals. In 2006, the revival had 463 performances, which is also still a lot. And then in 2014, Mm. there were 1,024 performances, which is crazy. Mm. It currently stands, it's not running on Broadway, but it currently stands as the sixth sixth top longest running musical. Wicked, of course, surpassing them recently. Yeah. It'll have another revival probably in five or ten years on Broadway. And there was a great production of Les Mis. I didn't see it, but I watched a lot of clips of it in Texas in like 2011 or 2012, like a like a community mm. theater where they set this show in like a like a modern like almost Iraq war type of setting. 
and it was incredible. If I can find some clips of it, I'll I'll that put it in the show notes. Like a lot, honestly. I'm yeah. not sure if I would like it or hate it. It's very interesting. It's definitely um, a choice. Yeah. And it, it, even Iraq War may be the wrong, maybe it was more like, I don't even, like a more of an urban, like may, maybe I'm thinking like a lot of the, like Jean Valjean was African-American and he was like out of jail. And mm, so like that type of thing. So maybe yeah. it was more like that, but it was very, just so different. And I was like, I think broad, it would be hard for something like broad, as we've seen, like regional and community theater productions can get a lot kind more of, liberty. Yeah, can do a lot more liberty, even with the DC production recently of Beauty and the Beast, yeah. with having a uh, plus size and African American um, Belle, and then a Beast who was, what's the right term? I don't know. <laughs> what's the right term that he has one leg? A uniped, apparently. Is a person with only one foot. So yes, a, a man with one leg, a uniped, is apparently the correct terminology. I didn't want to. I just don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. Yes, but um, what a cool and thing. And we talked a, about just, legally blonde also. Right, that and legally blonde. Yeah. But just yeah. what a, what great things for representation, and I hope Broadway will get there eventually. But I think it's something like a bajillion years. Yeah. I think instead we're um, opening bad Cinderella. Yeah. Sorry. I think um, some a production like that of Les Mis would just be very interesting. That would be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> this is hard for me because they're so different. Um, yeah. But I'm picking my winner based off of what who I want to see them matched up against in the next. Okay. Um, which I know is terrible, but I want to do it. I'm That's ready. all right. Sometimes so you got to do that a, with March Madness. I have a winner. And that is how I picked my March Madness. Well, if we have different winners, we'll have to. Uh, I mean, I'm just so close to one of these shows that it's kind of impossible for me yeah. not to pick this. But Okay, on three. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Lameness. Yay. Yeah. Taylor was worried I was going to pick Little I know. Flowers. I mean, they both well, Honestly, I, I dreamed were- a dream. They're both so good. And Little Shop would, if I were to pick a show that I would see right now, it would be Little Shop. That's that's valid. That's valid. All right, let's take us home with these last two shows. I have Into the Woods pulled up if you want to take Lacage. Okay, you go first, though. Okay. So I find. Tell them what we're doing, who's against you. So our final two shows in the 80s, taking us home to the Elite Eight are uh, La Caja Falls and Into the Woods. Uh, starting with Into the Woods, the Stephen Sondheim classic, which I will be seeing in less than 12 hours from now. Ah! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I know. So exciting. Where he'll need um, a nap after because it's 3,000 years true, long. True. First act, 86 minutes. Just want to put that <laughs> out there. Uh, in, in The first act of Into the Woods is longer than Come From Away. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> As a show. Uh, Into the Woods opened on Broadway at the Martin Beck Theater on November 5th, 1987, and closed on, honestly, for this show, I feel like it should have ran longer, but closed mm-hmm. September 3rd, 1989, after 765 performances. That's not a lot. No. It sh- I think it should have been more. Um, 
obviously, of course, I mean, this show's been around for a long time, but it's had multiple Broadway revivals, multiple West End, and it's it's had a West End and a London revival. So it's had two productions in in London. No, it's had two London. It had a it had a West End in 1990, a London revival in 1998, and then another London revival in 2010. So it's had a lot. It's had the popular in the UK. Very popular, but also here it's had a 2002 revival, and then of course the 2022 Broadway revival. So it's this show is so beloved, I think, and mm-hmm. I think also we forget how great it is every time there is a revival. Like every time there's a new revival, I think we're all like, "Oh yeah, this is a great show." One of the things about well, maybe I'll wait for a second. Hold on, um, yeah. Lakasha Falls. <laughs> <laughs> opened on Broadway at the Palace Theater. Oh, the Palace Theater. Palace. In August 21st, 1983. It ran um, for four years, closing on wow. November 15th, 1987, after 1,761 performances. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Wow. Ran longer than Into the Woods. Yeah. That's so crazy. And it has had two U.S. It has had one, no, two U.S. national tours, um, two Broadway revivals, uh, three U.S. national tours, I'm sorry, two Broadway revivals, one West End revival, and one U.K. tour. Wow. I would love to see this show just because I've never seen it. Yeah. But... Yeah. So here's okay. I just need to say something. I I have a I have a winner because it's proximate to me. But I I think one thing about Into the Woods that I just don't feel the same way about the majority of musicals on this bracket Mm -hmm. is that it really because it is a story that existed before because there are storylines that existed before in fairy tales. Mm -hmm. It can weather. Almost every political situation, it can weather almost every situation we have personally, it can be a part of our community experience in a way that almost every other musical on here, you have to have a certain kind of premise. And that's the beauty of fairy tales. There's a reason why there's only a handful of fairy tales, number one, and two, that they lasted for so long, that they have lasted throughout multiple cultures, right? The the idea of myths and legends, like there's just mm. something very appealing to us because we can be learning something from them at every stage of our life collectively and individually. And the, Into the Woods being built on storylines of fairy tales is genius. Yeah. It's, just, would... it's absolutely genius. Yeah. And even, th- I mean... Little women. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I think you are, yeah, that is such an interesting observation. And I think fairy tales, yeah, that's why they have in in their their for children, fairy tales are meant for children, but also they are can be for adults because obviously the show is also for adults. Right. That there's that nostalgia aspect to it where you can go back and think about your childhood, but then also as an adult, you can revisit them and get new perspectives, which I think is interesting. And what Sondheim is, is tackling here is, is that's what he's diving into is that 
you know what uh, what is the adult twist on the fairy tales and i think that's why there have been so many productions and a movie that did was successful in its own right and why the broadway revival again recently which we already kind of talked about how popular it just kept yeah. running and it just kept extending it just kept extending and then had a tour so <sighs> i think there's no way I mean, Lacage in its own right also kind of changed the game, which we also talked for about. Sure. Yeah. And set a precedent for stories about underrepresented individuals within the community mm-hmm. in a time where those stories were not being represented. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, I think Into the Woods is just like transcendent. And maybe, maybe if we ever have this discussion, maybe one of Sondheim's best shows he's ever written. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. There we go. There we go. Elite eight. Next week we might tears might be shed. A battle yeah. might I mean yeah. just look at these. We next week moving in to the Elite Eight, the the matchups are Lay Miz versus Into the Woods. Falsettos <laughs> oh versus Parade. Oh my gosh. Little Women versus Next to Normal. <laughs> Newsies versus Hamilton. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, so Wow. Well well I'm excited, you know, but this was a good have, I'm, I'm we, we did good. The thing about this is that we have to choose a number one at some point. So there <laughs> will be terrible. there will be a final two. There and will they be will, a winner. Yeah, there eventually. will be a winner. Yeah. And I think maybe maybe it'll be one we don't expect. So I time will only tell time will only tell rachel we did not have to consult Catherine. tell her we appreciated her we love you Catherine, and we might use you next time as a lifeline uh we do know Catherine, that you would have chosen 13 over little women so (laughs) (laughs) it's true yeah thank you rachel for playing again 16 we're done i love it yay All right, Rachel, let's talk character of the week. Let's do it. So if you're new or if you need a reminder. Yeah, welcome. um, Welcome. Also, hello. (laughs) Uh, This is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, what are we doing with our lives? How have we felt this week or will we be feeling this upcoming week with the things that we have on our list. And then we scour the theater universe and think, oh, this person is, has similar vibes, thoughts, or feelings. True. We would also love to hear your thoughts on the Sweet 16 going yes. into the Elite Eight. Um, we also want to hear your characters of the week. Also, listen, your thoughts on all the Broadway news, on the yeah. March Madness news. Where if you're doing a regular March Madness, which, you know, if you are, that's Who do great. you have going to the final? That's Let right. us know. Just anything. No. Talk to us. <laughs> Talk to us. Shout us out. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who your character is, what you're feeling this week. You may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel, who is your character this week so this past week i decided to um do something where i didn't think about the time consequences of this particular task so i decided i was going to paint my um paint over the white primer paint 
that is currently on all my kitchen cabinets. Now I can hear the moaning and groaning from other people who might be listening. Um, and yes, indeed, I still have some kitchen cabinets that I need to finish painting. And I do have people coming over for dinner tonight. It could be an interesting time later. But um, yeah, but I've been doing a lot of like, you know, paint brushing um, and just, you know, back and forth. And it's not white like the I'm pa- I'm not painting it white, but it does remind me that I feel I've been swindled. I feel I, I know I did the swindling, but I personally feel I've been swindled. You swindled I yourself. I swindled myself. So I am someone who also has been swindled my character this week. Um, by someone who also made them paint um, in their stead. And that Love is it. Rogers from uh, Tom, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. When Tom Sawyer swindles him into painting. Oh, poor Ben Rogers. I know. I, know. I thought it was Huckleberry Finn, so I had to go back and do some checking because yeah. I thought he swindled Huck into doing it, but of course Huck couldn't be bothered. Yeah. And you're not Huck this week, so. Not this week. No, no. <laughs> Love that. Wow, what an underrated character. Why didn't yeah. we put Tom Sawyer on our March Madness musical bracket? Ooh, yeah, engine. Yeah. What is it? Hey, engine. Tom Sawyer. Kristen Bell on in the original cast of Tom Sawyer wow. on Broadway. That's, that's a fun fact. Yeah. yeah. All right, Taylor, who are you this week? So this week has been busy as always, working, working. I'm a working gal. <laughs> Gotta pay those bills, baby. Um, and but also I just wanna shout out my wife has also had a very big week. She became the president of a society, she got like some type of award this week also, and she did a very big thing and uh got a septum piercing in her nose. Which Rachel is just finding out now, which right now, which I think I don't think it's private. It may be private. The photo she just posted recently, you can zoom in and see it if you zoom in. Rachel's gonna go in. I'm doing that right now. So it was a very big week. So I'm just, you know, so proud of her. So I'm picking. I looked up a lot of couples, and really, I'm just representing every, you know, supportive couple in the Broadway community. But I'm picking one in particular, and that is Edna and Wilbur. From hairspray. <laughs> this kid, uh, they love, they, I just love how much they I love, love each other. I love their dynamic. They're I know. so cute. And I feel like there's a little Edna and Wilbur in in my wife and I. Like I'm a little Edna. That. She's a little Wilbur. Yes. <laughs> also, I'm seeing her photo. Oh my gosh! Uh, I, I know. Love it. I've, yes. I've already DM'd her, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. Check. Let wow, her, I everyone, love that you're over. That's amazing. Yeah, all the theater nerd uh, listeners, go uh, DM my wife and tell her how much you love her piercing because she will love it. I love it. Yeah. All well, right. if you guys would like to join in on our discussion on, of course, the Triple M March Musical Madness. The Triple uh, M. That's right. Let us know. Or your theater characters. Check us out at theaternerdpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you next week.